College admissions and transitions can be overwhelming. SATs, AP classes, resumes, financial aid, and the list goes on. We as parents and counselors are here to help our teenagers make sense of it all and empower them to make good decisions. If you want to see your child succeed in that transition, which we all do, it comes down to helping them accept who they are. That's why we created Self Accepted, guiding families through college admissions and big transitions. This bi-monthly podcast will answer the questions that we hear parents asking all the time, so you'll be prepared to send your child into their bright future. Hi, I'm Dr. Beth Denard. My students and their families call me Yoda Beth. Not because I've trained Jedi for 800 years, but something pretty close. For the last 40 years, I've helped families prepare and transition their students successfully into adulthood. A pretty comparable feat, don't you agree? I'm the owner and director of Bright Futures Consulting, a U.S. Air Force veteran, former college admissions counselor, mentor, mom, and grandmother. I'm excited to share what I know with you, both from my formal education and the School of Hard Knocks. I want to lead you away from misleading information and the college frenzy and closer to having answers that move your teenager forward towards their bright future. Let's get into it. Howdy. You're listening to Self Accepted, the bi-monthly podcast guiding families through college admissions and transitions. I'm Dr. Beth Dunard. Welcome to the Bright Futures family. This is an exciting episode full of tips for navigating the summer as a college-bound teenager. I'm joined by Bright Futures College counselor, Jigisha Doshi. We call her Jiggy for short. She earned her BA in psychology from the University of Mumbai with a diploma in textile design. She also received her educational consulting certificate from UCLA and has been part of the Bright Futures consulting team since 2018. In this episode, we'll talk about summer planning for your teenager's college dreams, how to make sure you won't waste the season, the eight pandemic-safe things your teenager can do this summer, and sizing up your summer with a customized summer program. Welcome to the podcast, Jiggy. Thank you, Dr. Denard. I'm so happy to be here. You know, summer is such a fantastic time for students to get ahead with their college planning. There are tons of options for them to be creative in building their own structure through activities that inspire them and get them closer to their goals. You're so right, Jiggy. We have so much to talk about today. Before we get started, take out your Google calendars or paper planners, because here are the upcoming events at Bright Futures Consulting that you won't want to miss out on. So we've traditionally held our summer essay camps for about the last 15 years in person, but this summer we are having virtual college essay camps. I like to call them boot camps because we, we concentrate a lot in working really hard to make the most beautiful, sparkling, polished college essays for your applications. We also have college application camps, and we'll have those details for the sign up in our show notes. Be sure to check out the show notes at brightfuturesllc.com slash show notes. We'll put all our resources there for you to refer back to. Now, let's get into some serious summer planning. Summer is a really special season. It's a combination of energy and laziness. I know I'm looking forward to laying back in a hammock and just relaxing this summer. 
Yes, I've got some good plans indeed myself. This summer, I've taken up gardening, seriously, so I'll be spending a lot of time outside in the soil and sunshine. Well, that sounds lovely. Growing up in Florida as a teen, I always look forward to summertime. I think there's more excitement about this summer in particular. I grew up in Mumbai, the hustling and bustling city, and felt the same way when summer rolled around. I see that excitement in my children too. So what are your kids doing this summer? Uh, my son wants to um, start, he, well, he's working on a very creative project right now. He's trying to uh, design an airport runway, which he has been working on for like two weeks now and plans to, and this is still just the draft. After that, I've promised him we're going to get a sheet of apply sheet of plywood and actually build it with model airplanes and model runways and paint. So he has a big project in his um, mind. And both my kids are actually, we are participating in the virtual global finals of Destination Imagination. So they are busy planning their scripts and getting ready for the competition, which has moved online. One of my students is going on a backpacking trip at the end of June. He's been prepping for it and keeping his fingers crossed that it can still happen, even if it means hiking 8 to 10 feet away from his friends. Luckily, the chances of spreading the virus can be mitigated pretty well during outdoor activities. Plus, by now, the teens have been drilled in using hand sanitizer, wearing masks, and washing their hands. Right. And to be honest, after the pandemic calms down, I don't necessarily hope things go back to our old normal. I've really appreciated some parts of the new normal, such as having extra time to breathe and relax. Normally, everyone is so busy all the time that they don't take this time to wind down. Lately, I've been very intentional about what activities I plan. Before COVID-19, my family did a road trip to New Mexico and back, and then to Florida and back. We had to schedule that quality time into our busy schedules. Now, we've been blessed with quality time due to COVID-19 at home all the time. Well, the fun thing about summer is that summer kind of is already here. One of my clients even said, I asked her, how are you doing with the pandemic? And she goes, it's kind of like, an eternal weekend. And so maybe they've already gotten into like your son with his uh, virtual um, DI, Destination Imagination, but it's also just taking ownership of the creative projects. I feel like we have these creative projects in our minds, but then we're too busy during the school year. And then a lot of times during the summer, we're so exhausted, we, we don't even get around to starting those projects. So even if it's learning to bake a cake from scratch, even if it's learning cake decorating, or um, I once had this super brilliant girl I worked with. I mean, she was learning Latin and Greek, and she was just super high end in terms of academics. But her favorite thing to do to relax and be creative was baking. And she would show me some of the cookies and cakes that she made. And I was thinking, wow. And she just glowed when she talked about them. She was like, yeah, my family really appreciates my baking, and it's a way for me to relax and chill out. So, you know, there's really no end to the creative things that kids can do. And maybe they'll get an early start since sometimes this uh, 
this downtime has allowed their brains to run free and uh, they can they can be a little bit more inventive and get in touch with their inner child as well. Because <laughs> I feel like we all need to keep that inner child alive, especially as we're struggling. Yeah, as parents, we should use some of this extra free time to help our children plan what they should achieve during their summer break and not just let it expire with no added value. So let's talk about summer planning. Generally, teenagers tend to have a sense of entitlement over summer. If they haven't driven or met up with friends, this is the time that they typically want to start doing those things. My own daughter wanted to do this when she was a teen. So parents, it might be tempting to take over completely and overschedule your teenager's summer for them. After all, the mantra is that a busy teenager is a good teenager. But think about it. Once they go off to college, your teen will have a wide open schedule. They'll need to be able to manage their self-freedom. So if they don't learn to manage some freedom under your roof, they will find it difficult to do so in college, if they ever do. On the other hand, you don't want to go to the opposite extreme either and leave your teen without any goals or guidance over the summer. Instead of overstructuring their summers or leaving them completely on their own, provide a scaffolding or framework for your teenager. This strikes a balance between giving them freedom and goal setting. Ask your teenager, what do you want your summer to look like, spiritually, socially, health-wise, and academically? Some students might be really into the idea of summer school classes. MIT and Stanford offer some great and free online courses. Other teens might be really sick of online classes by now. So what else do they like to do for fun? One girl in my neighborhood loved to ride her unicycle around the neighborhood for fun. Riding a unicycle requires a lot of fine-tuned balance, and a balanced summer is what I recommend. The most important thing is not to waste the season. Prom's gone, spring shows are canceled, and graduations for their friends have disappeared. It would be so easy to fritter away the rest of the summer. Parents, don't let your college-bound teenager do this. Instead, encourage them to use the summer to explore and rest. I have to admit, I was always rushing my family through the day. Now, I actually have the time to be grateful. As a creative person, it's important to me to have that time of centering and gratitude. It's what nurtures my creativity. Because I have an extra two hours where I'm not driving my kids to school or to meet clients, I'm able to reflect on what's going on now. Absolutely. My grandkids have noticed me taking my quiet time in the morning. They know that it's essential for me to have that time. I've always woken up early, even as a teenager, to enjoy my cup of coffee, my Bible study, and to listen to what the Lord wants me to hear. Parents, it's important for both you and your teenager to learn mutual respect for healthy boundaries. Perhaps this quarantine has provided the perfect opportunity to learn. Summertime provides more time to practice good boundaries before the pace picks up during the school year. Before you start the summer, it's important to set some good ground rules. Parents, it's amazing what happens when you provide some scaffolding. When we're quarantined, I told my grandchildren, I have only two rules. Number one, have fun. Number two, be safe. These two clear boundaries have worked very well. They had a gigantic growth spurt and are physically thriving. Sure, a three and one-year-old are happiest running around and eating fresh fruits and vegetables. And when the stores open, I need to buy them new clothes because they've been growing like weeds. And parents, you know, be a little bit more filled with grace. I know um, with my grandchildren, I'm taking care of them now. And 
you know, if I say I count to three and you have to get in the car, you know, I might count to 10 because they're all a little bit stressed out. And I, and I feel like we need to be kind and give them some slack and give ourselves some slack too. I agree with you so much about giving grace. Uh, I will tell you the one practice that I started with both my kids and I had no idea that they would love doing is we started with the 21 day practice of abundance, which was by Deepak Chopra and the meditation and all four of us in the night do it together, which has been amazing. My kids have been falling off to sleep doing that meditation and it has just helped them calm down and, you know, look through this pandemic in a very positive way. Good, good. There's a lot of change coming up in the world. And I think if we all get on board the peace train, that would be a good idea right now. Teens are no different than toddlers when it comes to keeping rules plain and simple. After ground rules are in place, parents should help their teens set goals for their summer. This way they can plan activities to work toward their goals. We at Bright Futures have all of our students build a goal document throughout their tenure as students for exactly this reason, and summer is no exception. Whatever activity your teenager chooses to do, there has to be a budget. You aren't made out of money, even if we and they wish that was true. Figure out your budget and hold firm to it. If your teenager wants to do something more expensive, then have them accept the financial responsibility to pay for it. Summer is a place to create, do, and try. While this summer may look different, these lessons apply to every summer, whether in the middle of a pandemic or our new normal. The first activity I'll suggest for your college-bound teenager is to attend an educational program. There are so many programs out there. And so much variety too. This year, it may look a little different with COVID-19. However, there are a couple programs that you need to check out. The University of Texas Medical Branch, UTMB for short, has a two-month-long educational outreach program. It's absolutely free, but it's highly competitive. If your student is interested in health and exploring med school, this is the program for them. Not only does UTMB have a great summer program, but Texas A&M Galveston also hosts a sea camp where kids research vessels, oceanographic equipment, and laboratory facilities. Their professional staff enables your teenager to learn about the ocean through hands-on experiences. Camps prior to July have been moved online, so be sure to check out their website for the latest update on the camps. This program, the Sea Camp, is a lot of fun. I once had an outdoorsy teenage girl who went to four sea camps in one summer. The Texas Debate Collective, also known as TDC, is a great program hosted at UT Austin's campus every summer. However, this year, like many of the other programs, it has converted into a virtual program. This is a great program to experience what it's like being and living on campus. College-bound teenagers, they need to practice having responsibility for themselves and being on their own. Exactly. Unfortunately, the pandemic has prevented some of those invaluable experiences. My guess is that most camps like this will be converted to virtual learning environments. Something unique about this debate program is that if your student expresses a need, they are eligible 
to attend this camp for free. Debate coaches volunteer to run the camp, and it's a great learning experience. These educational programs oftentimes offer need-based scholarships too. They're local and they're fun. One thing to keep in mind is that your students may be Zoomed out. Try to find a balance between virtual and safe in-person environments. When on-campus programs are available, they are worth attending because you can kill four birds with one stone. You get to visit the campus, meet professors, get a lot of exposure to other like-minded students, and attend the camp. Number two, another pandemic-safe activity is for your college-bound teenager to pick up an independent project. I highly recommend independent projects for teenagers who have not yet gotten their driver's license. Because I've noticed over the course of 40 years of counseling that once teens are driving themselves around, it's super difficult to focus on completing an independent project, such as the Eagle Scout Award. Self-designed projects may be as simple or as complex as they desire. Talking about independent projects, I had a conversation with one of my students lately. When we last talked about her goals document, she wrote that she wanted to write a blog by the time she was 30. She's a rising senior. That's over a decade of time before she'd meet that goal. I challenged her and asked, why not start the blog now? A couple of weeks ago, she launched her blog and writes a new post every two days on meditation, health, and organization. I'm so proud of her, and she did all of this before she turned 18. Wow, that's incredible. This is the time to start taking action on your dreams. Blogs are the perfect medium to start building a sense of community, especially in this time of isolation. Independent projects can look like a variety of things. A student committing to their health and learning about exercise and nutrition could be a good one. Starting a YouTube channel, another idea. Learning a new skill like crocheting, coding, or blogging. Once I heard and read about this Dallas teenager who was a shoe aficionado, and she created a blog about the coolest shoes. Because of her passion for shoes and her hit blog posts, a major department store began paying her to advise their buyers on what shoes to buy. Another independent project is the Congressional Medal Program. It allows students to set a personal goal in voluntary service, personal development, physical fitness, or exploration. One of my students set his expeditionary goal to climb one of the highest peaks in New Mexico. He ended up earning the silver medal. A few years into college, he took a gap year, raised money for equipment, airfare, and trained to be a paramedic before he headed off to climb K2. Not exactly Mount Everest, but one of the highest peaks located in the southern part of the Himalayas. I believe that the seeds for this big climb were planted when he earned a silver medal through the Congressional Medal Program. Number three, another activity is to work, get a job. In fact, your teen can get several part-time jobs. It's a great opportunity for your teenager to learn what they like, and more importantly, what they don't like. In addition, it puts some responsibility on your teenager to show up on time and to work with integrity. For many families, teenagers don't have to work to pay their bills, but earning money teaches financial responsibility. Believe it or not, students might complain to you about paying for their car insurance, but they'll probably brag to their friends about it. Like the shoe affectionado, if your teenager has expensive taste, have them accept the responsibility to save their spending money for something big. Here are some ideas of where to start. Catering jobs. 
delivery driver, house and pet sitting, babysitting, lifeguarding, dog walking, cashier, construction worker, and laborer. One student of mine worked at a local donut shop and saw how his boss treated him in front of the customers and then how his boss treated him when the two of them were there alone in the shop. He learned he didn't want to grow up to be like that. Maybe it's my Florida roots, but lifeguarding seems to be one of those summer jobs that just clicks for my students. A student of mine worked as a lifeguard at a local country club and quickly expressed to me that it broke her heart to see children throw entire Happy Meals into the trash and how she'd look at the lost and found box and see new Barbie dolls just tossed in there because they didn't really value them. As a result, this teenager became a social advocate and eventually she became a nurse. Another teen managed a drowning incident while she was on duty, and she believed it was a divine appointment for her to be there to serve during a crisis. Yet another teenager learned that he didn't want to be like his lifeguard peers, who were lazy, selfish, and constantly changing schedules trying to get out of work. He actually switched to work at a firehouse subs restaurant where he absolutely flourished. He loved the professionalism and training that they gave him, so much that he sometimes wore his uniform even outside of the workplace. He was really proud of firehouse subs. Now that same student is majoring in business at SMU. Babysitting is another one of the activities where you learn a lot about yourself. It's a great opportunity for child and teen development. Now that many childcare facilities are closed due to COVID-19, caring for children in their home while parents work is a win-win. When my daughter was young and I was deployed in the Air Force Reserves during the summer, I hired teenage girls to babysit my daughter. They were truly role models for her. My daughter had these mentors who were outside the family. And when one of the girls applied to Princeton, she asked me to write a letter of recommendation for her. Because I knew this young woman's character, I happily wrote that letter. But not all babysitters are glowing. Another could not keep my house clean, and so I came home to a dirty house. Babysitting is no job for someone with low energy. Some lessons that you learn as a babysitter include communicating and asking to be paid when you've earned it, being responsible for and protecting lives, and building a schedule. By the way, if you're interested in a few more ways to introduce financial responsibility to your teenager, check out Self-Accepted Podcast Number 2, where I interviewed financial expert Raymond Van Buskirk about having the hard financial conversations with your student. Number four, another activity is to get creative and perform. I have a family friend that is all into the performing arts. They are all so gifted. At first, they were having a really hard time with the quarantine, but then they got creative. Now, every Friday evening, they put on a performance on Facebook Live. Artists can take free online courses and classes. One of my students has offered to teach coding for processing and animation. Get creative and make something out of this situation. Number five, summer is also a great time for building a business. Ideas include starting an Etsy shop, selling beaded chokers, coaching swim lessons, cleaning out cars. Number six, speaking of creative performance, we mentioned earlier about YouTube. Your teenager can create their own YouTube channel. 
the other day, my son told me that he wanted to start a YouTube channel. I asked him to think of at least five possible subscribers. Some questions you can ask your teenager may be, what do your subscribers want? And what do you need to develop about yourself? Anyone with a phone can easily film something. They'll be practicing cinematography, writing, and even marketing. It can be a source of income too. One of my families did goofy family videos together that turned into a career for two of the four children. One was designing costumes and the other was animating when they were adults. Number seven, if you've been a listener here at Self Accepted, then you know I'm a big fan of mentorship. I once had a student whose dad owned a large construction company. They were so wealthy and the boy took flight lessons in high school because his father could pay for it. But one summer, the dad told his entitled son that he needed to work construction. The dad arranged for his son to work for a colleague in Arizona as a, wait for it, day laborer. It was important for him to learn what it's like to work hard. He came back speaking Spanish and understanding how he needs to lead the family construction company once he takes over. 20 years later, this kid, now a middle-aged man, has created a construction and real estate empire. Parents, if you have colleagues or even competitors, offer to pass skills to their young adults. Likewise, ask them to mentor your student. If you mentor your kid, they'll push you, but they probably won't resist someone else. So one thing that I have been trying to make all my students do, including my kids also, is when they write their goals documents, I tell them to make a list of possible mentors that they could think about. And the list can be as long as they want. It could be 30, 40, 50, however many people. But then I tell them that every month, I want it to be their goal to reach out to one of their mentors, just to check in, to say hello, give an update about their life to their mentor, and just appreciate them of how many things they've learned from them. You know, that's a really good idea because I know I'm a mentor for the University of Houston Wolf Center for Entrepreneurship, and the mentoring relationship goes both ways. So a lot of students might feel awkward asking an adult to be their mentor, but honestly, as they're being mentored by an adult, their adult mentor is being mentored by them. Yeah, it's such a two-way relationship mentoring so that students, the reason why they find it so awkward is they feel like they're asking for something. They're asking for a favor when really and truly the mentoring relationship goes two ways. The adult mentor is getting so much from the young person and it's not even something that they can calculate or put a number on it. It's an amazing gift that, that is invaluable. And so I'm really glad that you've created this intentional um, exercise for your students and that it's becoming more than an exercise. Like it's not just something to check off a list. It's a relationship that they may have for the rest of their lives. I agree with you. Um, you said it so correctly that mentoring is not only a relationship for the student to have with the mentor, because, you know, as a DI coach myself, what I have realized is that, yes, I am giving in a lot to the students I work with, but I think I'm getting a lot in return from them. The patience, the values, uh, I cannot seem to put it in numbers or, uh, you know, put it in words as to what I'm getting, but it gives me a lot of satisfaction 
to see them grow, to see them succeed. And somewhere down the line, I feel it is my success as well. Mm. Yeah, it's really sweet. Lastly, volunteer. Your teenager can work in theaters, host sewing classes, work in daycare, or church camps. Many have even sewn masks or worked in food banks. This is a great opportunity for them to build relationships with people in your community and across communities. Your team may have planted multiple activities, but they often forget some essential activities. You also need to help them include the following in their scaffolding. Allocation for time for college prep and planning. To help them, you need to evaluate three things. The schedule, the value, and career exploration versus passion projects. Dr. Dinar, I just want to remind our listeners that with every client, we build a customized summer program list to ensure they maximize their summers. If you are interested in learning more about that, check out our show notes. It's at brightfuturesllc.com slash show notes. Number one, look at the schedule. Most colleges have summer programs. It may be worth looking locally because those, those travel expenses for destination summer programs can get expensive. Don't discount community colleges. Sometimes they offer fun and practical programs like auto mechanics and coding for your college-bound teenager. Be realistic with time commitments and avoid overscheduling. Students need a break, and they definitely need a break from quarantine. It's okay to schedule some lazy time. If they aren't an early bird, encourage them to find a job or program that has a late arrival start time. Really set them up for success. Number two, evaluate the value of the program. What are you going to get in return for your investment? There are two types of programs that are offered. A pay-to-play program where third-party companies pay to host a program at a college or university. They are expensive and usually include outside experts. Here, you're basically paying for the amenities. Conversely, there are selective programs that are based on your student's merit and are usually low-cost or free. Finally, we recommend exploring how their passions can turn into careers. They may not be viable as a job this summer, but that's okay. I once had a student who was extremely passionate about interior design, and she planned to become a professional designer. As a rising senior, she asked her parents for a budget to redesign her bedroom and turn it from a teenager's room into a young woman's suite. She designed everything, had color boards, the fabrics laid out, furniture picked, everything fit into this cohesive design and stayed within her budget. She sent a display of her independent project with her application to TCU and was accepted into their interior design program. What if her parents hadn't let her explore on her own? She may not have gotten into her dream school TCU. Another student of mine was once an immature star soccer player. He was very entrepreneurial and committed to his soccer practice. But academically, hmm, there was no way he was going to work for that. One of his college essay prompts was, if you can turn a hobby into a profession, what would that be? This student mentioned that he absolutely loved fly fishing, even had an Etsy shop where he sold the hand-tied flies he designed. He really had a nice business going. What was originally a passion project turned into a career exploration opportunity. 
parents, enable your teenager to create and explore. Over the summer, have your teenager take classes at community college to get credit for basic classes. Social studies is a great subject. It's not sequential in curriculum, and it will save you expensive for your college hour costs. This may sound repetitive, but at the end of the day, encourage your teenager to be productive during the summer. If you hear them say, I'm bored, use this podcast as a guide to see if any of the activities we listed today light up their eyes. Remember, there's a balance between being too busy and bored. Remember the unicycle riding girl? Find balance. Ask, what do they want to achieve? Have them set goals. Encourage them. Setting and achieving goals is addictive in a good way. Ask them, are you just going to work on your tan? Hang out with friends? If you're finding yourself saying yes to their every whim, here are some tips. Identify your family values. Go listen to podcast number one to learn what I'm talking about. You can go to brightfuturesllc.com slash EP001. Decide on a budget, even if there isn't one. Don't feel guilty if there isn't a budget for what your teenager wants to do. Support delayed gratification. Prioritize what your family needs to do. Check to make sure self-development is there. As always, all the activities will be in the show notes at brightfuturesllc.com slash show notes. We have an exciting new episode coming out in two weeks that you don't want to miss. Be sure you're subscribed to our insiders list, brightfuturesllc.com slash subscribe. Hey, thanks, Jiggy, for being my guest. Oh. And I look forward to doing more podcasts with you. You're so amazing. It was so amazing to be here. I enjoyed doing this podcast with you, Dr. Denard. Thanks for joining us this time on Self Accepted, guiding families through college admissions and big transitions. Created by your college counseling experts at Bright Futures Consulting. You can find more resources or schedule a complimentary consultation with a Bright Futures expert today on the Bright Futures Consulting website. That address is brightfuturesllc.com slash consultation hyphen podcast. If you like this month's podcast episode, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher so you'll never miss an episode. You're officially one step closer to helping your student accomplish their college dreams their future will thank you.